Welcome to another edition of the Stoutcast podcast. I am your beer-guzzling connoisseur solo this time at King Kong Brewing. Kong with a C. With me today is John Anaya, brewmaster, and George Murray, assistant brewmaster. And tell me a little bit about this place. Tell me about the name, and tell me a little bit about the stout. Well, fortunately, Kong couldn't make it here. He's actually out sick, but uh, Kong is my good buddy. Um, he's the one that started this whole place. He kind of had a, a play on names a little bit, figured, uh, you know, King Kong, like the animal, and his name is Kong, would kind of uh, do well. Uh, any any lawsuits, any threats of lawsuits? Uh, no, not yet, anyways. Uh, probably because it's Kong with a C, so I think that, that has to do a lot. And his name is Kong, so I think if there's anybody who's going to come around... They can't sue the individual, right? I mean, if he made king with the C, then it would doubly, be doubly good, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Absolutely. All right. So tell me about the stout. Well, we, we're not going to sample it first. We're going to sample all the other ones and because it's the highest alcohol content. We leave it for last. That way, the gasoline comes at the end. So this stout was kind of designed. Uh, I designed it for for one reason. I, I love wine. I have some really good friends that actually work at a winery, and I know the vintner that works out there, Green Valley Cellars or GV Cellars up in Fairfield. They uh, have been supporting us, supporting me as a brewer for quite a while. And we've done a couple of uh, wild kind of uh, beer, wine hybrids in the past. And I figured, why not uh, get Sacramento introduced to something like that here? Uh, as far as I know, I think I'm the only one that's kind of done this uh, here locally. And the only reason I say different than other stouts would be is that I actually went a little wild. And I figured I would ferment this stout with a percentage of Merlot grape juice that they actually pressed and crushed in the fields, in their facility, and they deliver. actually I picked it up, delivered it, put it in the tank, fermented it with my yeast and the stout, and hope for the best. <laughs> All right, we will hope for the best. So let that, let that just linger in the back of your head for a little bit. We're going to go lowest alcohol to highest alcohol content. We're going to start with North Coast Brewing, if you don't mind doing the honors. Now this one says it's named for a retired steam engine on the California Western Railroad. Old number 38 stout is a smooth, firm-bodied stout with the toasted character and coffee notes of dark malts and roasted barley. It does not say what kind of stout is, nor does it say how much alcohol content is in it. Isn't that illegal? I believe so. Outstanding. All right. Hey, North Coast, unless you can find the alcohol content on this, I would certainly think so. I looked and looked and looked, and I could not find it. Anyway, it's a dry Irish. It's got a green label with a uh, train coming out of a blue circle with a big cloud of, uh, I guess that's diesel exhaust, uh, coming out of the top of it. It's um, lovely in appearance. It's a dry Irish. I'll let that sit for a second. North Coast, much better known for its Old Rasputin, which uh, did not receive favorable reviews. So we're going to hope we're going to hope for a vast improvement from old 38. George, your thoughts? Getting a lot of malt, a lot of malt, a lot of roastiness. Um, not as much coffee as I expected from the from the aroma. Got a lot more coffee notes in the aroma versus the flavor. But overall, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't discount it. It's it's really good beer. Okay, we'll give you a second uh, chance at it, John. Yeah, actually, uh, you know, I'm pretty biased because I love uh, North Coast, but um, this is actually pretty pretty good style of beer, um, being what it is. Um, it's super dry. Uh, what I would say is not super heavy. 
the malt body is there. Uh, it comes out more caramely than, than roasty or chocolate than anything else, but um, I think it's, it's a pretty good style. Compared to old Rasputin, this is this is am, this is amazing. Yeah. I uh, it's dry, but it's a little sweet. Uh, I don't get a lot of coffee either, uh, based on what it's promised. But I mean, as far as drinkability, as far as taste, uh, the the rating system here goes excellent, very good, good, fair, poor, and wouldn't feed it to the cat. So, George, somewhere between cat and excellent. Your th your thoughts? I would I would say I would give it a good. I would give it a good, um, but definitely the description, it kind of falls out. Otherwise, I would have said very good, just because of that coffee note. Definitely, it's just in the aroma. I wouldn't say it's in the flavor-wise, though. So based on what you were expecting, it gets a good. Uh, I I have to agree with you, but given that I really enjoy it, I'm, I think I'm going to end up giving it a very good, which is weird because normally I give a lot of credit to beers that promise one thing and then deliver on that, even if I don't necessarily like it. But mm -hmm. for drinkability and taste... I really like this beer, so I'm gonna give it a very good. And John, I actually agree with you. I think it's a very good, just because of the style, um, and it is a stout that you can actually take out and drink. You know, when it's hot outside, uh, it's not gonna uh, stop you from drinking it for sure, depending on the temperature. So, and it's got Christmas colors. It's got green and red, so really you could drink it in the middle of winter too. <laughs> That's right. Right. All right, so um, the next one would be either the Java Head Stout with its brewed with coffee beans or the Antwerpen Stout from Guinness. Let's go with Guinness first. Go with, the, do with coffee, right? Go so. with the Guinness first. It's a little more alcohol content. It's 8 as opposed to 7.8. Uh, 7 uh, the Guinness, it's a sort of a steel blue, multi-blue logo with Antwerpen. Anybody know what Antwerpen means? Anybody? No? 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 no. Anybody? Okay, me neither. Pour some of this. And this is a full-service establishment. We have food and other beverages inside. Correct, yeah. So we actually serve wine, too, as well. Apple ciders, if you um, want to partake in something that's gluten-free. Uh, of course, full pizza menu. And then we have food specials as well. So weekly food specials. Is the cider grass-fed? <laughs> yes. Fantastic. <laughs> All right, let's see. What do we know about the Guinness Antwerpen Stout? We know that it is a rich and robust stout, 8% uh, alcohol by volume. According to the back, this is part of the Brewer's Project, which was to explore new recipes, reinterpret old ones, and collaborate freely. Roasted malt, smoked wood, dark chocolate, and an endless finish that does not appeal to me in the least i like finishes that end let's see how this one goes john you've already got a head start well the first smell that i get here is uh, a little bit on the um say funkier side um just from the the first smell let me, let me taste it this came from a 12-pack of Guinness, Guinness Extra Draft, the Antwerpen, and the 200-Year. We've had problems here on the Stoutcast previously with uh, mass quantities of beer that came in a box together. <laughs> the beer had gone bad. That's, a, that's actually one of the previous episodes, which is entitled something along the lines of, Hey, don't drink old beer. So I don't see a date on this bad boy. Uh, well, again, you know, as a brewer, I would I completely agree that if we're going to hopefully ship this overseas, I'm assuming this is actually brewed 
in Ireland. Um, I'm assuming that it is just uh, imported by a different company. But anyhow, the, the taste actually is pretty pleasant. It is somewhat uh, their style, Guinness, um, which is really light in body. Um, nice chocolate roasted notes coming out of that. Um, almost reminds me a little bit of a, a lighter version of um, their famous stout. Yeah. I'm getting fruit. fruit. Anybody getting fruit? Fruity esters, correct. And that has to do a lot with their actual yeast that they have. So that's all yeast fermentation. George, your thoughts? I would have to agree. I'm getting a little bit of a citrus note with a chop mixed in with a chocolate. Um, but it is light and body for me, at least. It's a light and body beer. Um, I would say I can crush this. Okay, crushable, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, all right, I'm not uh, of the same thought. Um, I, it's kind of, it's like you said, funky is a good is a good term, and I don't, I'm not sure I really like funky. So I, is it drinkable? Yeah. Would I order two? No. Uh, fair. I think fair is a fair grade. George, I would give it a good. I would give it a good. I wouldn't give it no more than that, but I would give it a good. John, drinkable, drinkable. Is Excellent, that... very good, good, fair, poor cat. I would say poor. Oh my, my, my standard poor. Well, I'm a kind and benevolent host, and you're obviously a hardened <laughs> member of the beer elite, big, big Kong, as we like to call them. Um, yeah, I. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I was hoping for I was hoping for more, but uh, I think it's I think it's as as intended. Um, especially this is the 200th anniversary, so I think the beer is relatively recent. So I think it's I don't think that's the problem. All right, let's move on to I'm gonna guess anybody Trogs, T R O E G S with the uh, that's an umlaut over the O, uh, Java Head Stout brewed with coffee beans. It is a 7.8%, sorry, 7.5%, 60 IBU. Uh, it's got a black label with uh, gold accents and the Java Head Stout in a vanilla coloring. Hard to tell when the coffee ends and the beer begins. This creamy oatmeal stout is infused with locally roasted cold steeped coffee through our hop back vessel, releasing subtle hints of cocoa, roasted nuts, and dark mocha. Tell me about a hop back vessel as you open this bad boy. So essentially, it's a device that they use to infuse the wort with uh, hops. You're getting hops back into wherever you want it to go. So you send it through a hop chamber, and then it goes to back to where it belonged. So if that makes any sense, I could explain a little bit more in detail if you like. But now this one right here has a nice color to it. That's the first thing I could see. The other ones had a lighter, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but a little lighter color. Uh, the first one was almost like a brown ale. Did you order a pizza? Yeah. Oh, yeah, all right, okay. <laughs> you want a pizza? Yeah, yeah all right. Well, you can't complain about him delivering. <laughs> no. Hey, hey, you want a pizza? Yeah. No, 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 not now. No, wait, wait, no, you didn't tell me. All right. Um, yeah, I know the old 38 was definitely, was really light. The Guinness was, I think, a little darker. Um, and now this one is definitely quite dark um, so, your, your thoughts yeah the, fir the first thing you, you could really smell which I mean it's not to the the burrs at all fault but uh, very oxidized which you know you get a lot of that uh, papery note the newspaper coming out of that first aroma which really distracts from 
you know, the, the chocolateness and, and this is an oatmeal stout, by the way, right? right? With coffee. Right. Which at the first you smell it and there is no coffee involved in that. It's just a lot of oxidation happening. Again, that's not the brewer's fault, it's packaging, so I don't know if they package themselves or, or how they do it, but freshest buy looks like January 9th. Oh. But I bought this well after January 9th. So it, and then again, you know, Should, uh, shouldn't they last a little longer than that? Uh, it depends, you know, it, it's yeah, the stouts, dark beers usually tend to last longer, correct? But again, you know, I mean, you wouldn't leave your uh your ribeye steak outside in the, you know, hot 100 degree weather and just assume that it's going to be fresh the week later do you depends on how much i like jerky <laughs> true true point taken is it fair to i don't know what to do with this because it's available you can buy it you can drink it and if it's not fresh then what am i supposed to do? what are we supposed to do with that i mean how am i supposed to judge it fairly if whoever produces it doesn't pull it off the shelves before before it goes bad it's, I mean, we're, it's only two. It's only 60 days past due. Is that long enough to make it go this south? So as an old quality guy and quality myself, no. To answer your question, no. I mean, it should be at least six months for this type of beer. Um, you know, any other style of beer would be less than that. But for this particular style of beer, it should last longer than that, correct? All right. It's got a lot of fruity note to it. It's, I think maybe it's breathing a little bit, and so some of the yuck is kind of getting off the top. That's a pretty technical term for you kids at home. Yeah. Feel free to use that in your brewer's meeting. Um, yeah, I, it's drinkable. I could drink one. Would I have another one? No. Um, fair to fair to pour, I think. George? I wouldn't be able to drink this. Like, at least I wouldn't be able to drink a whole beer of this, no. Um, like you said, the paper note, and I've, as I've been learning more about brewing and stuff, John's been teaching me a lot about oxidation, um, you know, smelling the papery notes and stuff like that. Um, just in the aroma, but also the flavor was a little bit off-putting to me. It was almost like a sour or spiciness at the end. That kind of just lingered way too much for me. So we're we're kind and benevolent, almost to a fault. But if yeah, if you can't get your product to whoever's going to drink it in time, and then they have it, then this is what you're going to get. So I guess check the date and then you know get back to us. All right, so let's go. Har Harveystown Ola Dub. Uh, ale matured in whiskey casks. I figured this was going to be a lot higher than it was. It's 8% alcohol, uh, aged in selected oak casks, formerly used to mature Highland Park's beautifully balanced 12-year-old single malt scotch whiskey. Now, there's, I think, three different varieties of this, three different years. I think there's a 12, a 16, and a something else. I've seen the tabs. I've seen the little paper tabs on it. Anyway, it's a black bottle, black label, orange uh, orange logo, and uh, John's going to pop the top yeah. off. I'm it's excited. got a, it's got a fancy, it's got a fancy yeah. like like foil wrapper across the top, and that's that screams quality. I'm excited about this one because it's closer to what I did here at uh, King Kong, just because it's been aged in barrels, and you know it's it's got some mold characteristic, hopefully. So we'll see. And it's got foil. And it has foil. You always have to put foil. Foil on. is the key to all. I mean, to wax all. dipping is gone. It's foil now. And there's a certain color that's uh, it's almost plum-colored. Yeah, reddish color. Actually, you know, you, you come out, the first smell would be a lot of fruit notes, plums, dark, 
dark currants, uh, some stone fruit coming out of that. The aroma is quite pleasant. I mean, there's no, there's no doubting that it was in a whiskey cask for some length of time. No doubt. But, but just by the color, you're guessing that there's going to be some fruit, and there is. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, and again, yeah, for eight percent, you know, and I'll say all these, all these stouts we've had so far, uh, the ABV does not show, which is good because it should, you know, with that amount of malt that we use, it should hide it pretty well. But actually, this is a pretty well done. Um, pretty well done. I like the beginning. The middle's kind of, yeah, and then the end is, it's one of those where, like, it's good because if you don't like how it finishes, then you can have more, and then you get rid of the finish, but then you're still chasing it, and after a while, you just sort of get tired. And I'm, I'm old. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm really enjoying this. The only thing about, you know, that, that I would say for the amount of alcohol, um, it's missing a lot of the body. Um, it almost seems like it's too light uh, for, for that style of beer. Uh, a little bit more on the bitter side on that too, I would say. Um, but again, you know, you can't really, you have to cut down some of that maltness. So. Well, and expecting though 8% alcohol by content, you know, you, you've got whiskey at one end, you got 8% on the other, you're gonna have to come in somewhere in the middle. Did they? Did they land where they wanted to? I think so. I, I think it's a, it's a well done job from uh, Harvey's, Harvey's Town. So I think, uh, you know, they, uh, again, I don't know how long it's been in this bottle, but, and, you know, the hard thing too also is to judge these, these beers because they've been bottled and they've been, you know, transferred from, from tank to bottles. And, uh, you know, I wonder, I just wonder how good it is at their brewery. So yeah, the 12, 16, and 18. Those are the three. Uh, those are the three versions of this. I I like the taste originally, and then it kind of wears on me. Uh, but I think it delivers what it promises. So yeah. I gotta give it a good slash very good. That's where we waffle. Um, so all right. So excellent, very good, good, fair, poor, cat. I would agree with you. It's right there in the middle of good and very good, only because they find that that. that fine balance of that 8% versus, versus going up to a 11 or 12 that a lot of whiskey barrel-aged casks are known for. Um, and to me, I'm a hop hit, so I like the hoppiness and the bitterness, but that's just a personal preference. So. All right, John? I think it's very good. I think it's job well done. Uh, not too much of the actual barrel characteristic coming out, though. Uh, a lot of the barrel will contribute a lot of vanilla notes and a lot of wine character, too, just because the uh, tannins from the wood coming out. I don't know how long it's been aged in there, but overall, very good. All right. So hopefully, hopefully. the best for we'll last. Cheers. Yeah, cheers, guys. Cheers, cheers. Oh, that is unique. Unique is exactly, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing that I get, of course, uh, from the design is a lot of uh, dark wine character coming out of that. And that's a lot to do with the Merlot that we fermented it with. Um, so if you're a big wine head, um, I think you'll get both of both worlds here, which I think the first thing as it warms up is, is almost like an old vine zen. With a little dark fruit from the actual Merlot coming out of that. And then you get the balance of the chocolate, the roastiness, and the bitterness coming out um, after that. So, yeah. George, your thoughts? I'm a big fan of this beer. I've been waiting six months for this beer to come out. 
And when it did, I was loving it. Um, we did a big tasting last week, and you know, the biggest thing that I that popped out to me was not only the wine notes and the, and the mixed berries, but also the toffee notes that are just very, very subtle, but they're there. And it's a little bit different than you saying a caramel note. So I, to me, but that's my, my personal taste buds mm-hmm. popping up. There's a lot here. There's a lot going on. And I don't know if, I don't know how drinkable in a full size glass this would be, or if this is more. This is all you're going to get right here. So we're only going to serve it 11, 11 ounces because 11 and a half percent, uh, it doesn't drink like 11 and a half percent. And, um, we have to, we have to reduce the, the amount that we pour per people. Well, and I think that's, I think this is a perfect sharing stout. I, one where you, you pass it around and you, you, you taste it, you play with it, you, you pass it on, you argue about it, what's in it, what's not in it. I think it's great for that. It's, um, there's so much going on here. Like you said, you can't, you can't serve a lot of it. I, uh, but given the, given the goal and given what's produced, I think, I think you came, I think you came through in spades. It's definitely, it's definitely unlike anything I've ever tasted. And that's, um, and there's something really cool about that. Um, especially since it does, it doesn't taste, well, especially considering that it doesn't taste like it's been in the bottle for like six extra months. Well, it's been, it's been in the, in a, in barrels for over six months or about six months. So, um, I don't know. It, it's it's kind of hit and miss. I think uh, this beer, particularly, I think it's gonna do better as it ages, just for the fact that um, I love wine because you know you're you're taking um, grapes from a field, you're you're pressing it, you're crushing it, and you're fermenting it out. You know, yeah, some wineries put sulfates, and you know you, you try to to minimize the amount of microflora that's in natural fruit. Look at microflora. For you kids at home, microflora. But I mean, to be honest, guys, come on. You, you, to the to my vintner friends out there. I'm sorry if I offend you, but I mean, you, you know, you have fruit and you put it in a tank and you don't pasteurize or anything else. And there's there's some bugs. I mean, I hate to say there's there's got to be a little bugs that make the wine what it is, though. And that's the beauty about this beer is that you know um, I ended up capturing a lot of that in in the beer. Um, and it and it blends well, and I think you know for my first shot at this uh, kind of crazy thought because most of my brewer friends would probably think I'm lunatic for doing this, but uh, at the end of the day, it's something that turned out fairly well. I, I think uh, I think that's an excellent description. I'd, I'd I'd say if if you're not a big fan of wine or fruity stout, then this might not be for you. But if you like that complexity and that kind of angle at it, I think. I think people are going to really enjoy this and think it's very good. So, are we available anywhere besides where we're sitting? Uh, no, uh, there's only one place that is, <laughs> the stout's available, and it's a good friend out in uh, Sissoon City, uh, where I live out in Fairfield. Uh, it's called Craft and Cork. Um, they have a nice little craft beer wine uh, outfit out there. It's really elegant and nice, and uh, so they have it. They're the first ones to have it on nitro. We haven't even released it on Nitro, which I think is going to add even more effect to it here. Uh, so if you guys are itching to try that out, we should have it on Nitro here pretty soon. What will the effect be with the Nitro? You'll get more of the body and more of the stout, I believe, will come out um, when it's creamy, uh, lower carbonated. Um, and the only reason I say that is because when we're sampling it off uh, straight from the, the, the barrels, 
it had a completely different effect. Uh, now that it's super cold at 32 degrees and it's carbonated, um, you know, you really don't get some of those flavors coming out. But on nitro, I, you, you'll probably be uh, wondering what the hell's going on. Fantastic. All right, George Murray, assistant brewer, John Anaya, head brewer, and I'm Bob Moffat, your humble co-host slash host <laughs> of the Stoutcast podcast. We want to thank you for joining us yet again you, and hope you'll join us again next time. We'll see you then. Cheers. Cheers.